we have a choice today. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> we have a choice today. So there is working with employees and contractors or um, we can talk about some copyright issues. What would copyright. people like to hear? I, I think looking at the room, because not how many people here actually employ people? I mean, I'll do one. <laughs> so I think your answer is there, isn't it? Okay. All right. So copyright, what I'd like to talk about is copyright and trademark issues. So they are two very different areas. I had a client contact me in the last week and what they wanted to do was trademark an app. Okay, so you can't actually trademark an app. The way things work is uh, in intellectual property, there's a whole lot of different areas of, of stuff that you can protect and different ways you can protect it. So with an app, what you've got is software and unique processes. So if you have a unique process or a unique piece of software, and it has to be unique, you've got to demonstrate that it's different from everything that's come beforehand. If you're looking at protecting something like that, that's actually a patent process. So you're looking for a patent attorney. That is a very particular area of law. It's not something that we do. We have some patent attorneys that we constantly refer people to uh, because we know they know what they're doing and we don't. <laughs> However, when pulling together this app, picking a unique name for it uh, and something that's going to work, that's trademarking. Protecting your brand is around trademark. So we can help people with um, protecting trademarks. And an example we had recently was a client who they, they've built a, um, a system that is like a competitor to WordPress. So anybody not know what WordPress is? Put your hand up. Everybody knows WordPress. Love dealing with people who understand online. You'd be surprised how many lawyers don't. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there is, this is a system and uh, it's set up specifically for people who want to do coaching and, and have um, programs that they drip feed and all of that sort of thing. It's uh, called, it's now called Click K-L-E-Q. It was previously called 10X Pro. Now, when the people behind 10X Pro came and had a chat with us and said, we want to register a new trademark and rebrand, they gave us a whole different name to check for them first. And we went and checked it and found that that particular name, which was a common word, it wasn't something unique, um, was actually registered to a multinational company protected as a trademark in Australia and in the United States. So it would have been, even though it wasn't actually used by that company in trade or delivery of services right now, they had protected it in anticipation of launching a product with that name. Um, so chances are, if our client had adopted that name and started using it, they would be sued or they would get some nasty legal letters in the mail. There's no point in having to deal with that if you don't have to. This is why you get trademarks checked first before you invest a massive amount in branding. Um, we've seen this happen before, actually. There was 
uh, again, a coaching company. They had come up with a brand. They had built a whole new program. They were so excited. They were three weeks out from launch and they got a letter in the mail from a US company which had registered their trademark in Australia in exactly the same area of services that our client was delivering and said, hey, you're breaching our trademark. And our, our client was. They just hadn't done their research. They hadn't checked online before they invested all their money. They had to delay their launch by six weeks while they rebranded everything. So it's a it's it's an investment um, getting a trademark and protecting it. You need to check it first before you put a whole lot of um, money behind creating it and making it yours. Um, so click got registered as a trademark in Australia and the US and it was easy because it was a unique name. We had checked it. There wasn't any competitors out there that were likely to sue our client once they adopted it. And it also helps them on browser um, rankings because it's unique. When people search, they find them. If you start using common words, you've got a lot um, more effort you've got to put in to increase your ranking online. Now, in addition to those things, then there's copyright. So we had a, I had an interesting call with a client yesterday. They are a digital agency. So they provide website development and marketing services to their clients. Um, they have had a client, ironically, and this happens all the time. It is their lowest paying client <laughs> has come to them and said, we've just received a nasty note in the mail from our competitor who happens to be in the same suburb saying that we have paraphrased their website and we're in breach of their copyright. And if we don't fix it, they're going to take us to court. And of course, the client then went to my client, the, dig, uh, the um, digital marketing agency and said, hey, it's your fault. You fix it for nothing. I'm not paying you to fix it. You fix it. So we had a whole discussion yesterday about how that works. Um, we reviewed one of our clients' guarantees in their terms and conditions and softened it a little bit because they mentioned, I think part of the guarantee said something along the lines of client satisfaction. If, you're, if you are dissatisfied, as I there's no control over that. There's no way to define that. There's no way to limit that. So we took that one line out of their guarantee. Um, and they still offer a guarantee for their services, but it's based on independently verifiable metrics, not whether or not a client is dissatisfied. Um, they are going to fix this client's site and then they're going to stop working with this client. Um, because what's happened is the copy that they created, the copy that this competitor is claiming is a problem, um, they've created independently. They have been aware of that competitor's website, but they do industry-wide research. So they look at websites in the same industry all over the world, as well as government information and all sorts of things. They use ask, what is it, ask the public to get commonly asked questions and they use Google search questions to identify commonly asked questions and they respond to all those and it's that's the part that the competitors upset about is essentially the frequently asked questions and responding to them and in a particular industry there's only so many questions and so many answers 
you know? So it's very hard to say them uniquely. Uh, I believe that our client wouldn't be at risk, uh, but when you're dealing with unusual human behaviour and someone who is apparently personally invested in the copy on the website because she wrote it, um, it's easier to not have conflict than to actually have to deal with the conflict. Um, so in that particular circumstance, we've adjusted our client's terms and conditions to better protect the services that she provides, to put some responsibility on her clients to manage what actually gets displayed on their website. So to make sure they give their approvals. Um, and if they don't give approvals, take responsibility for what ends up on their website. Um, and also looked at different the way in which she pulls together copy to ensure that she's not infringing any obligations of copyright. So there's three different areas for protecting your IP that I've just covered. Patents for unique processes and um, unique systems. Trademark for branding, anything to do with branding. And copyright for content, essentially. And content can be audio, visual, um, written work, diagrams, all sorts of things. One of the diagrams that we've seen go to court um, was a, it was essentially a spreadsheet. Um, a, and it was a case I read as opposed to, and because I knew two of the party, the two parties in the case. And when I had seen one party's website, I went, oh, I'm sure that's infringing the other parties. And then it ended up in court. So I was right. But what they did is they, there was a spreadsheet which itemized the latest cost of um, computer peripherals. So our client had, oh, not our client, but the, the um, suing party had taken the time, the effort to pull together a system which actually collected that information and presented it very clearly um, and made it automatically update for their clients. And a competitor copied it and said, oh no, you know, there's nothing special about that information. It's just automated, it's fine. Um, and the court said, no, there was a lot of human endeavor and creativity went into building the formula behind that um, that spreadsheet, and as a result, it is protected by copyright. Um, so that's the other thing in terms of copyright stuff that is now created by AI systems, or um, computer systems, or anything else does not get copyright protection. Mm. Okay, yep. you can only get copyright in something that has some human creativity contributing to it. That was one thing that just had me wondering a moment ago was um, the new chat box that's out there where you can put questions in and it gives you um, fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, but that's it won't going to open another problem. I can see. Oh, absolutely! And anything created through that is not going to have any copyright protection. But it, so it could though. Yeah. It's got. Have, have you guys been watching the posts for the last couple of weeks? They're all Chat GPT. Well, hey, everyone! I, in fifteen minutes, I can write. A week's worth of posts done. Yeah. Sensational. Yeah. You just got to be careful that, uh, you know, down the track, whether that comes back as uh, copyright issues. Well, I was, I was thinking exactly the same thing, like, because uh, when Ben does it, it's personalised, customised, it's, mm. it's, it's authentic and unique. And um, an AI, uh, you've probably got 
10 different bloody businesses with exactly the same copy. Yeah, chat GTP, um, you've got to remember, is scraping data from the internet. So it's existing content out there that it's using to be able to put stuff together, right? Um, so that's a very interesting. I've been down that rabbit hole. I'm trying to stay above water. It's hard. But there's a lot of stuff going on in that space, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's a very interesting point there around using chat GTP. Mm. and copyright claims i know the universities are all jumping over this because of plagiarism yeah Big issue. Well, you need to watch out great tool but you could land yourself in some serious hot water real quick yeah. yep. be careful and that, how you use it that's exactly right and we have had a client in the past who tried to use that as an excuse he had a bot scraping images from the internet mm. for a website background um marketing website and um, he got a nasty letter in the mail that said hey you're infringing our client's copyright our client is a um, photographic artist based in Hawaii and you need to pay us I think it was $25,000 infringement and immediately take it down my client in all his wisdom and before he spoke to me um, sent them back a short email saying oh it's not my fault I have a bot that does it so he just admitted <laughs> liability. So from that point forward, and yeah. and when he referred it to me and said, oh, I haven't done anything wrong. It's like, well, you set up the bot, buddy. Mm. Yes, you've done something wrong. Yeah. And then I looked at the um, complainant and they had sued companies in Australia previously nine times successfully. So... Yeah. Um, Yes, he. We it, from that point forward, it was negotiating the minimum fee that he had to pay, and we managed to negotiate down to a thousand dollars. Yeah, I was just going to say that we've got to move on quickly. But Dave, you had a hand up. You can make it quick. That'd be brilliant. It's for Jay yeah. after the recording ends. Okay. Excellent. All right. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank right. you.